It is the Anfield Wrap. I'm Neil Atkinson. I am joined by Paul Johnson, Ian Ryan and Grace Maley in order to talk about the Community Shield. What a fantastic game it was, first and foremost. Obviously, winning always helps when it comes to that sort of chat. And then on top of that as well, talk about the new fella, the big fella, the man who scored the goal to make it 3-1, Darwin Nunez. And then on top of that as well, a bit of Mo Salah, the general shape, and then a bit of any other business before we lead into some Strasbourg chat too. Big weekend, two games for the mighty boys in red. Two very different outcomes and two very different teams the community shield was obviously the bigger one and Ian Ryan seriously the quality of it was absolutely mind-boggling I thought it, it, it didn't feel like a friendly it felt like both sides were taking it very very seriously indeed the pace of it I was I was blown away by what we got to see yeah the quality was um, was there for everyone to see I think you know I defy anyone not to be up for the season now after watching that there's a lot of chat about are you ready for it could you do with another come week early. or two? It's come a little bit early, but then you're watching that and then you'd immediately want the season to start. It was that good a football match, I thought. And it's testament to both teams, Neil, I think, because City, a lot of talk about City maybe being slightly undercooked because I think that's only their third friendly. I think it was Liverpool's fifth at the time. But both of them didn't treat it like a friendly. It was hammer and tongue. They went at each other. It was everything you wanted to see. And as far as Charity Shield games are concerned or Community Shield games, it was a cut above most of what you've seen. I've seen a few humdingers. I remember Liverpool v Leeds about 30 years ago, ended up 4-3, going back a long, long time. But that was that was some game of football. You very rarely, Grace, get to... When we play City, especially when we play City, but when we play a lot of games, if you're trying to break 90 points, a lot of games feel quite fraught. What I enjoyed about it, I enjoyed enjoying it, if you sort of know what I mean. You very rarely get with football to almost enjoy it like it's other sport, in a weird way. Like, here's these two... Behemoths, you know, it felt to me like it felt Federer versus Nadal. It felt like that sort of peak of here we go, but you could enjoy it as a spectacle, and I really did enjoy it as a spectacle watching it on television. Yeah, I think it, there's like something nice about playing City, and if we say pre-season when we play them in the league, it's very much like very competitive. We're all really invested. We all want to beat them. Often, some of us are angry at performances, and we get too involved. And I think what was so nice about Saturday was it you, you were able to like kind of enjoy the match for what it was but also I was quite shocked at how competitive it was because yeah. in the past Charity Shields like people think oh it's not it doesn't really mean anything like it'd be nice to win it I think if you'd have lost you'd have been fuming regardless <laughs> <laughs> but like it's alright for us to say well yeah we won it and you know it, it was a great game but I, I was just shocked at how competitive it was but then I think when Liverpool play City now it's always going to be a competitive fixture because you know how much is in it when we play them in the league and you know how competitive it can be when we both want to win the league so I think regardless of at what point we play them in the season it's always going to be a competitive fixture now I think what happens Paul is this is two sets of 11 that look at each other sort of as the teams are coming out they're looking at each other they're lining up against each other and they go we know what this is mm. we're going to do this here mm. and I I think they got, got carried away, carried along with it as well. I'm actually delighted City had no interest in the runners-up medals. It's wonderfully <laughs> petulant, but it shows that it meant something. Yeah. That's the point here. They've, they've almost played the hand a little bit there That's in right. my eyes by yeah. doing that. Yeah. All of that just sort of added to it. And then I thought, oh, I'll get a community shield. They might put a kid in goal. I don't know if they're going to play left-back. Suddenly, it's two first 11s. Yeah. I loved it. I think, uh, you, the, the, what what um, the guys said already is, is brilliant because before kick-off, I was... Trying to convince myself that you know, oh, it, it doesn't really matter. My little boys like, you know, Dad, what, what's this game? I said, oh, you know, it's it's a it's a friendly game, honey. And literally, the lineups come out an hour before, 
and it just changes. And I, I say to Doug, here's the team, and he's looking at it, and we're going, oh, this is for them. We look at their team, and it's literally that. It goes from me sort of sitting there going, yeah, you know, it, it's it. Yeah, you know, if we get a result, it's okay to me sitting there going. Yeah. But on the same night, I could, I could enjoy it. I was sitting there when when they, you know, the goal goes, and I'm good to because you know you think, oh, is it offside, etc. But inside, I was okay with it. But then that other bit element kicked in, and I think because of the way the teams were playing and how they wanted it, you could see that it meant more to them, and and, and that's why it was great that we we did go on and get the victory. And, and it, it, I think you got it spot on then when you were saying how when when the two teams come against each other now, no matter what the fixture, I think because of the rivalry that you know it's on the pitch. You know, I think yeah. the, the, the fans are trying to make it, and what well, City fans in particular, they're trying to make it more than what it is. But because of that, you know, ultimately, without us, they'd have probably coasted the league for the last whatever five, I mean, years. And then we say the same, we'd have probably won the league two or three more times. I think there's always going to be that little bit of, you know, bite in it, isn't it? So um, it's good I to see. Couldn't have gone better for us in the end. Obviously, oh. win the game, the, the new signing, uh, Darwin stoops for the fantastic header to make it 3-1. Salah, your main man, makes it 2-1, albeit from the penalty spot. There, fella, and by the way, I love the fact that he laughed about it because it suggests to me he's going to be absolutely fine. Let's yeah, be clear about this. Yeah. But he misses the big opportunity. You know, every every little bit of it couldn't have gone better. It was fantastic. You, you, you know, if you if you wanted to write a script almost to say, you know, how's it going to go today, you, you couldn't have you know written it much better. Um, I think the, the, you know to see. Nunes get his proper, you know, his first goal. It was fantastic. And again, we at that time you think you know the game's won. It was in injury time, etc. But I think the reaction of the crowd and whatever you were watching it. I mean, I was in. A, I was saying to him before it's wedding season, so I was at a wedding unfortunately, but we managed to get to a bar to watch it. And the reaction to his goal, it felt like this isn't a pre-season game. This is that's how it was. You know, the, the, the cheer went up, and and then his reaction is, was fantastic. You could see the the relief and the joy that he got from from scoring. I loved his big face. <laughs> oh bless him! As me just fitted in so well already. It's just so promising to see. I just think he looks so exciting, and he looks excited, but he looks also excited. Yeah, like you know what I mean? He looks like he could, he could just couldn't be any better. This is the best <laughs> thing I could do with my life. Literally, I said to my mum, I was like. He makes me think of Tarzan Nunes because that picture of him with the fish when they were on pre-season. I love like, the picture with the fish. He's just had a ball, hasn't he? He's just come in. He's he's loving the lads. He's loving being here. And hopefully we'll see that on the pitch. I think we've already seen what he's capable of, to be fair. So it looks like an exciting prospect for this season. You got to see, I think Firmino was fine, by the way, Ian. But you got to see what the changes will be in there as well. I think you've seen some of that with, especially when he was when he was flying in the first two thirds of last season with Diogo Jota a little bit, something a little bit different at number nine too for me. You know, with Darwin, it's the next level, it's the next stage of that. You know, I, the, the, there's the the ball where Henderson plays him in, and there's like the split second where Henderson's like, "Hang on, is this just this easy?" Yeah, it is, mate. You just kick it into that space there, and he's going to run on the end of it. That's the way this is going to work. You got to see it repeatedly over and over. I think how he is going to make the way this Liverpool play, this Liverpool team plays, really rather different. Yeah, the manager touched on it, didn't he? When he spoke about stretching other teams' formations, and I think there was a couple of glimpses there where Darwin really kind of showed what that might look like. I think he only receives seven passes and touches the ball 11 times, but it felt so much more than that. Yeah. Because he's always involved. I'm he's shocked constantly, at that. I thought it was way more. He's constantly involved. Felt like it. He's only on for 30, I think it's 30 minutes, 31 minutes. Um, but what a threat. And all of a sudden, you can you can see the difference. But I think you're right, Firmino was absolutely fine. And he knitted it together. But then all of a sudden, you got this lad who's prepared to go in behind and penetrate and run and split defences. And he does that from minute one, really. And I think he was a huge concern to City. Um, 
but he's such a threat physically. He's massive as hmm. well. So you can see that he's going to be capable of holding it up as well for you and letting others join in. But then he'll come alive in the box. And I think he offers Liverpool something massively different. Now, there's been a lot of chat about what you do going into the first game. We may come on up to it a bit later, but I was, I was always of the thought of you start him at Fulham. Because I think that's that always presented me an opportunity or presented him with an opportunity to maybe get off the mark nice and early. A team that will probably give you a little bit of space. He could be walking away with a brace or something like that. And then he kicks on from there. So I think he'll have given the manager loads of food for thought on the back of a half an hour at the weekend. It's something which, Paul, when you get to see the dart and run, as I said before, the one where Henderson plays him in where he, he hits Edison in the face. If he doesn't hit him in the face, it goes either side of his face over the shoulder. You say it's a lovely finish. Ridiculous as it is to say, you know, the difference yeah. between the two, but you do say that. He's he's so conscious of, of where the goal is, of getting himself between the sticks. It's they're gonna it it is you get the impression everyone's been doing a bit of getting used to. He did an interview afterwards in Portuguese where he said he felt his first few sessions, he was nervous, the ball was bouncing off him. I thought it was really interesting. He then says he has a chat to Salah, mm. which I think is really interesting as well. And Salah, when he talked about that as well, he knew that Salah was gonna find him. He knew that Salah or he knew that Salah would find Robertson, or he knew that Salah would find him. Already, I think that looks really, really promising. I think mm. that the way three or four of them interact with him already looks really promising. I think when you know, we, we don't appreciate you when you've you know you're uprooted your family, you've come you come you know, from a different country, etc. You've got your language barrier. I think it's difficult to sit in and you know what Grace was saying about you know the photos of them going fishing and, and how the squad looks like the 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 knitting together. It doesn't it doesn't come easy that it it's it, it, you know, you take cars where you're gonna have your different languages, etc. But I think like you said then, Neil, like you know, we spoke to Mo. I think that it just shows that the the, the, the club have got it right, the, the squad know what what you know how to support each other. And if they can get, like Ian said there, if they can get him firing the way he looked like he could do, and I agree with you in what you said about us, I, I think I'd start him with Fulham just because you think, you know, he's come off the back of that, you know, his confidence will be high. It's a, maybe an opportunity so if he can get an, you know, an early goal and, and get that monkey off his back, he'll just score in the Premiership. I think it, it could really be the start of something, something else to kick on then. So I'm just really pleased for him. Like I said, you know, we, we looked at his face, you, you mentioned his big happy face, and, and you mentioned, you know, you imagine a bit of Tars and that. To see him, you know, when he took his shirt off as well and his physique, etc., and it looks like you know he's pulled up a little bit already because obviously that's something that they've, they've probably worked on. It just was amazing, and, and the relief and the joy he got from his goal, we all felt it as fans, didn't we? He's he looks like he plays like a player you've created on a computer game for me, Grace. You know what I mean? You've given him twenty for finishing, twenty for strength. You've given you know all this twenty for pace, his movement. You've done all of that to sort of see if you can hone this 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 sort of semi-fictional prospect. But he's not semi-fictional. He plays for us, and that's he just looks like a gold machine. And that you don't want to get carried away too early, but he just looks like a gold machine. It looks like that's what he's here to do, and he's just going to keep doing it. Yeah, and I think that's so important about the fact that we've signed him, isn't it? Like before the game. I was in work and a lot of people were saying like, oh, how good's Haaland going to be for City? And I was like, stop going on about Haaland, yeah. Like, it's not all about these big names that everyone's heard of. Like, we've bought Nunes, he's come in, he looks so sharp, he's fired in pre-season. And the other thing that I just want to touch on about that game is, um, for me, you know, like off the back of last season when we come into it, off we, we had a parade at the end of the season and it was amazing and the atmosphere was so good. I wonder if that's maybe spurred them all on to want to go in and win this game as well because they've seen how much winning things means to the fans regardless of whether it's a charity shield or whatever trophy it is. And I, and I think that's so important. The team seems to have this togetherness and this solidarity and these players play together so well. I'm just so excited for the season now. I didn't know if I was ready. I thought it hasn't been long enough for me. 
I need a bit longer. But actually watching it, I just thought, I'm so excited now to watch these new signs like Cavalio and like Nunes and Diaz all play together because we've not seen that yet and it, it's just so exciting. There's the, the photograph when he is celebrating the goal. Uh, he's tops off, but behind him is Carvalho and Elliot running after him as well, Ian. And straight away, I thought, my God, that's a cracker, that one, because it feels like this is it, that, that team ends a younger Liverpool. The Milner cameo to one side, he can drag the average age up on his own, <laughs> James. But firstly, he was impressive. We'll come back round onto him. But it ends up looking to me like a younger Liverpool and with with a level of hunger and exuberance that I'm absolutely bang into because they were those footballers were ecstatic to win that 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 trophy. I think that's what kind of fed into the fans as well and I think you know the players will bounce off us obviously but it does work both ways and I think some of the talk before the game about how important was it well it's a friendly it doesn't really matter but when you see how much it means to them when you get a feel that actually they really want to win this then I think that almost takes it up another notch or two from our perspective and I think you know you're right to, to kind of talk about you know the the kind of the way the lads all joined in. I think Henderson runs down the touchline as well because there was that sense of this is really important. You know, it's massively important that he gets off the mark early, and the joy as Jacko described it there in his face when he when he does slot that one, and he felt like it was coming. But all the same, it's important that it does actually happen and he does get that moment. And I think that so it doesn't just become oh, we looked a threat. It was yeah, this. It was like you've yeah. got the actual no, he was a threat because yeah. I'm listening. You can spin that and make it all sound really, really positive, but there's a big difference between that and actually putting it in the back of the net. And he gets that, and I think that just lifts a little bit of weight. You know, you talked about the conversation you had with Salah. It sounded like from some of the quotes you've seen that actually those first few weeks were a bit, little bit tough. You know, all of a sudden, it's a step up in quality, to step up in pace, got to be a little bit sharper. You know, I talked before about his ability maybe to, help, to be able to hold up and bring us into play. But I think there will be one or two weaknesses to his game. And it's been talked about that actually maybe some of his play outside the box needs to be a little bit better, a little bit sharper. I'm sure that'll come. Liverpool will be working with him. And I don't think anyone's talking about the finished article here. But what they have got is a lad who's got bags of bags of ability already and then there's little bits to work on and there's loads of potential there and I think you know we've we've invested heavily in them but the signs so far are that we've got ourselves one hell of a player on hands and even how even how the other players are speaking about him as well it, the signs are pretty good that he's settled in really really well we look forward to seeing what's coming next we do but best player on the pitch for me was the fellow who signed the new contract in the summer Paul I thought I thought Salah was tremendous I thought he was so dangerous I think his ability to bring other players into play is underrated uh, and has been for a while even when I think he was toiling a little bit last uh, second half of last season uh, post post uh, the Cup of Nations and even the the playoff I still think he had the ability to to find the right pass at times for his teammates I think he got to see it Joe Cancelo had a, <laughs> had a nightmare against him found it really really difficult indeed you got the full gamut of what he's about he's fantastic wasn't he I, I Sorry, but you 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 got me stomach going. Then that tweet, it was like it was, honestly, I, I I had to stop. That was fantastic. That made me honestly. I'm sitting here. We were just talking about not getting excited for the new season. That was brilliant. That made me. I was like, yeah. So now you've come to that. Now you've got Mo, who, you know, obviously we're all excited about Nunes, and we hope he can do so. You've got Diaz on the other side, but you're talking about a lad here who again is last season joint golden boot, and as you've just said, Neil, you know, we, by his own high standards between sort of January and the end of the season, you know, wasn't what he would be, you know, probably because of the African Cup of Nations, etc. 
he looks like he's absolutely ready to just go ballistic again. So if if you add that in to the already you know the mix of what we've got, then you throw in the fact that Thiago ran the show in midfield and was unbelievable again. Sorry to go off off on one, but it just it just all the good signs. And I think I don't know. I I always felt that I sometimes feel that only some people don't maybe give Mo the credit and adoration he deserves. I've always been a, one of his biggest fans, and you know, say to me, little boy, he's one of our greatest players ever. He, he is that. Is you know, stats back him up. But to see him now, I mean, he he, he looks even fitter than he is, uh, and I don't know how because he's he's <laughs> super fit anyway. But you know, when he takes his top off, you're like, oh my word! You know? <laughs> There's a bit of a man crush going on there. You know? But I just think it, it, it showed on 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 Sunday. You know, Joao Cancelo for me is, is probably one of the best left backs in in, in in world football, and he had a torrid time. And I think Mo just looked on it. You know, everything his decision making. I think at times when he's struggling, his decision making maybe lets him down a bit. Yeah. I thought on Sunday, um, Saturday was fantastic. You know, the goal even for Trent, he gets it. Another time, he might come try and beat a man. Dead simple, knocks it, rolls it back, lovely pace, and Trent whips it in. So, um, not more exciting, isn't it? That is. first fifteen was unreal from Salah. It's just apps. I mean, he was great for the whole game, but. It looked like Cancelo had been dropped into his worst nightmare because it was just, it was it was unbelievable. And I think it is absolutely fair to say that Salah had a really poor end to last season. You can't get away from that. But there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to come out absolutely fit and firing in this one. And again, all the signs, similar to Darwin, look really, really positive because City, for part of that game, just could not live with him, could not get near him. And you mentioned it there, Neil, you know, it's massively underrated just how many great assists he get he gets last season. You know, I think he ends up being top of the charts, doesn't he? Both goals and assists. And for a fellow who gets framed as being quite greedy, and I understand why sometimes, because he, sometimes he will take shots on you think, Mo, you could have maybe squared that. But don't let that take anything away from his ability to find a teammate in those big, crucial moments. You think about, was it Watford last season when he makes that, he scores the great goal, but there's an assist in there that's just out of this world as well. So I think I think we're in for one hell of a season for Mohamed Salah next season. I wondered how it had affected him with Manny going as well, because I thought, like, does that spare him on? As he always had that, like, you, we know he's, he is obviously competitive and his standards are so high, as you said, that... I just wondered, like, last season, and especially with AFCON and everything that was going on there, he was off competing with Mane, in a sense, and I think they often got compared, quite often, and I think now that he's gone, is Salah just like, you know what, I'm just going to smash this, it's on me, I'm just going to keep going, keep going, keep going, and he just wants to break his own records, and that, again, is so exciting, because you've got these players who just fit in so well, and they just want to score goals for us, and I think that's all you can ask for, really. I think there's, there's something around him, Ian, where... I wondered about the notion of, you know, with this conversation with Darwin, of him maybe just making that move towards a senior player. Now, I'm sure if he was sat here, he'd be saying to you, or saying to me, I've always been a senior player, mate. But I think that that is something that does sort of come with time. I think there is a positional thing about it where we're happier for our senior players to be centre-halves and centre-midfielders at times than we are for them to be forwards. Might be a little bit unfair, but I think it's, it's a bit of a wider sort of football notion that the people who are in the middle of the pitch are the ones who we... We view like that, but I'm. He is now the you know of that attacking lineup in the same way that Van Dyke is at the back. He is very much the elder statesman. He is the one who has been here the longest, along with Firmino. But Firmino, he you know it does look fifth-ish in the pecking order now. If we're honest about it, that's what I, I I do wonder if there's a little bit of a shift here, and that might spare him on to to even more. Possibly so. I mean, he he strikes me as a fellow who'd welcome that extra responsibility as being a bit of a driving force in the changing room. He's not normally one of the names you hear mentioned, is he? You know, when you, 
you hear about you know, they frame them as cultural architects and all that now, don't they? And it, it is always the same names that get thrown up. Um, Salah's not usually one of those, or if he is, I've missed it. But it wouldn't surprise me if he is taking that mantle on a little bit now. And I think you know, he'll be very aware that he's not got loads and loads of years left to win the biggest trophies. And he just looks like a guy to me who's incredibly focused. He's always that. But I think just some of the language he's used going into this season, you know, the, the fact that he's he's having those conversations with Darwin, whereas I don't think Mo would ever do this, but you would see some centre-forwards or some guys who are responsible for getting most of the goals might see that as a bit of a threat. You know, someone else is coming in. A guy who's going to place through the middle, maybe get more chances because of where he's playing, therefore taking away a little bit of your goals in terms of the share. That doesn't appear to be a thing for Salah because actually, you know, if the team's doing better, then actually there's more chance of Liverpool winning trophies and that's the, that's the end game. He has the end goal. So it wouldn't surprise me, Neil. Um, but I just keep coming back to the fact that he just looks like he's he's never been more ready for a football scene to start. The whole game, you mentioned Thiago, Paul, before. Um, everyone's a high line. And everyone's killing themselves to have a high line. And at times, yeah, like I'm, I'm because I'm only watching it on television. I'm like, hang on, the six of them. We've got the ball with our centre halves, and the six of theirs in shot, lads. There should be gaps somewhere. Mm. Uh, everyone wants a high line. Loads of diagonals from mm-hmm. both sides. Loads of big switches in there. You expect City to out midfield you, and it doesn't really happen. That's mm. not to say that they don't show unbelievable levels of quality in the middle of the park because they've got footballers with unbelievable amounts of quality. I thought Thiago was excellent and the other two were functional. And I don't mean functional as a damning thing. I mean functional as a massive compliment. They managed to be functional against City, but Thiago was just divine. It's, again, I don't know who said it, but someone was saying that keeping him fit, you know, we spoke about Mo and all the four and that, but I think keeping him fit and you're managing his games even, you know, like you know, there might be one where you think, oh, you know, Thiago will start this and, and Jürgen doesn't because he keeps him back for something else. I think it's going to be crucial for us. Obviously, we did amazing last season, let's, let's face it, we know, we know, but but if we're going to push it on even more and we, we, we want the title and we want the Champions League, etc., I think it's going to be crucial. He, sh- he he did show on on Saturday how crucial he is. I thought he was just sublime. There was a I think again these people put these reels together, don't they? You know, on, on YouTube there was a little reel put together uh, on on Thiago, and it was just it, it, again those type of passes that make you go. I mean, at Wembley there was a pass he did um, in the semi final against City where he, he he beat one and then he switched it out to Mo. There was some passes reminiscent of that again on, on, on Saturday and I think like you said the best compliment to the other two is that you almost didn't notice them but they were so good at what they were doing and again I think they allowed Thiago to get on the ball more and to be able to dictate it and some of his, his range of passing is just incredible and we know he can do that but to see him doing it like he has now and like he did towards the end of the season it can only bode well for hopefully you know what, what's going to happen into the, into the new season Grace is able to show quite consistently now well and has been for some time exactly what it is that he's capable of as Paul says he looks really really important to this Liverpool side there's no tougher team on the planet to do what he's done on Saturday against the Manchester City I think that's the that's the key takeaway for me he managed to at times make play in Manchester City look a little bit like playing West Ham <laughs> and that is and that's not an insult to West Ham who are obviously an excellent side and by the way we all will them uh, all the best next weekend as they entertain Manchester City <laughs> on Sunday afternoon but that's the point the point is he, he, he managed to at times make what I, I think is a really impressive 
midfield, possibly the most impressive midfield on the planet. Look in comparison to him, a bit pedestrian. Yeah, I think so. I think the start of last season, I I rated Thiago, but I also thought sometimes he looks quite weak on the ball, like gets dispossessed quite easily, and that was a slight concern for me. But then I think as the season went on, he did come into his own more. He started dictating play more. The way he switches it up, his his passing range is like on another level. The way he just switches it from side to side, and like. The opposition don't really know what's coming. I think he, he is so talented, and he did he did make them look like not look like Man City <laughs> yesterday on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I just think he's completely come into his own, and he is dominating that that midfield now. And I think that for me, and to start and positioning our eleven every week, because I just think the way, the way he plays and the skill he's got is like unmatched. It's interesting. The we played City now three times in this calendar year, Ian. And watching not just Thiago, but especially Thiago, that midfield battle, first game at the Etihad, for the first 45 minutes, they absolutely dominated us, especially in the middle of the park, I thought. From there then, cup game, other way around. Second half of that game, sorry, score began to be really evened up. It's a big half time, that Mm, one now, when you think about it. Cup game, uh, very much uh, Liverpool come out the better, especially in the middle of the park. And I think again here, you know, it's another win against Manchester City and beating them is a good habit to get into, but... Also, just in general, the one thing is that we just weren't second best in that area. And that's what I expect every side to be when they face City, not just us. We weren't second best, and Thiago was absolutely crucial to that, having had that first Rocky 45 at the Etihad. Yeah, so I think there's a few things in on that. So I think, first of all, I think actually you can see his body shape's changed as well. He does look physically stronger, Thiago. Now you see the training picks, and, and there's definitely been a, a kind of beef it up going on there. And obviously, he's talked himself, hasn't he? He's made jokes about, you know, he started to run a lot more under this manager, but he does look a little bit fitter. But regardless of that, he always looked like one hell of a footballer. Um, his ability on the ball is just second to none. He does set pace. He does set the tempo. Jacko mentioned before about keeping him fit. That is that is the critical thing here. And it, it was just emphasised even more on the back of the weekend where he's so important. And you feel like if he's on it, then Liverpool will be on it as well uh, because of how he plays the game. He does get you on the front foot really, really quickly. You just want to see him play more often than not, but I think they will have to have an eye on the fact that you know he is prone to picking up the odd little niggle here and there, and that's why you need the numbers in the middle of the park. And you know Liverpool are already you know maybe looking like they may be one or two down in that area. Uh, I know Kaita misses the game at the weekend. I think it's through illness, but, but Curtis has picked up a, a little injury as well, which makes him doubtful for the weekend. Not that he's a starter, but you want those numbers in and around there so you can flex it when you need to. So I think the other thing as well you mentioned there about City's midfield. Obviously, maybe they were one shy because of how they've suddenly set up with Haaland. And I think that is going to be an interesting dynamic going into the season because whilst I think he will be one hell of a footballer for them, there's no doubt about it. He can forget the, the miss. That He won't even be thinking about that now. And I think he's likely to bag probably 25-plus this season. Um, but it might take him a few weeks and it might take City a few weeks just to, to figure out that system because all of a sudden, they haven't quite got as many in there numbers-wise. The, the, for me, that's it, it. It was interesting watching them in that regard, Paul, because there's a thing City do against us that they did against us last season. Every game, uh, even going back a couple of seasons, where in big games they move Bernardo, especially Bernardo, deep next mm-hmm. to Rodri, mm-hmm. and they create a little square with the two centre halves, the two there uh, in front. The fullbacks, one tends to stay, one tends to go. They're trying to make themselves press resistant to Liverpool. That's what they're doing, and you got to see them do that. 
and it was working for them to a degree, but then they couldn't build through the lines because they've mm. got Harlan playing and he's playing on the shoulder. So suddenly they're another mid, another yeah. player who comes and slots in there late. And that's one of the reasons why, for instance, at times Thiago did have a little bit more time yes. to turn. It's another body in there for that. They just couldn't move through the lines mm. effectively. Now, I think, listen, most games that's not going to be a problem for them. Most games they play against sides you know, where they can move through the lines, whoever's playing for them. But it was interesting they're big games because that's what they've been doing in big games, especially with Bernardo. Yeah, and... Like like Ian said there, I think it, they haven't. They, I think there are a couple of preseason games down, aren't they? So they yeah. maybe haven't had the, the you know the, the time on on it, the pitch. And he's had a bit of an injury as he's well. Had a bit of an injury. I, I think that that could only can work in our advantage. You know, because I, I agree with everyone around the table. He's going to score goals. The lad is a quality player. He's going to score goals, but it could just take that two to three weeks to kick in. And again, if they have a couple of you know West Ham away first game is not a, not an easy game. It's the worst first game you could have. Yeah, they never give you a, a top six team away. Usually, do you know what I mean. No, never normally happens. Yeah, West Ham are about the West Ham away. Genuinely, if I was them, I'd be livid. I'd have been onto the you know the face the day the fixtures come out. I'd have been kicking off and saying all exactly. sorts. It's not on this. Yeah. So if if they do take those you know a few weeks to, to get that system sorted, it can only work hopefully in our advantage because they, they may have dropped a few points. I think they will sort it. And as you say, playing against us. Again, because of how we play, we probably stop them from playing how they want to. And they're going to do that most weeks. But it was interesting, and I wonder if you know we were talking about. We mentioned obviously spoke a lot about Darwin earlier. How we we you know we, we can change our game a little bit if we need to, and, the, and and what he gives us. There is that talk that you know does does Harland change City's play that much that it affects the whole team? I don't think it does. He's a quality player, and I'm sure he'll. But it could take time, and that could work in our advantage. Hopefully, hopefully, um, Ian. Other thing I took from it was the quality of the, the football that can be played by all four centre halves who are on the pitch is staggering. Uh, I think Diaz is is the weakest with the ball at his feet of the of the four who started, but obviously he brings a lot of other stuff to that City back line in terms of organisation and and, and, I, and I think a real sense of presence. I mean, I'd take all four of ours ahead of any of theirs, but I accept I'm biased uh, <laughs> in amongst all of that. But I rate theirs and watching the game evolve, that quality that you've got to have. The very highest level now to play the play at the centre of a defence is just it's just unbelievable. It's 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 miles ahead of where the game was 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I think I think where Liverpool are right now with the Ford of Gore, it's just it's like strength and depth you've never really seen, to be honest with the club, because and I know the other two start the, the following night uh, in a in a kind of makeshift team, but you'd be happy with, with any of them really starting against Fulham. Obviously you always want to see Virgil there because he is the best. Um, he's the best in the league by a distance for me. And you know, City will sometimes talk about maybe Diaz being in the same kind of bracket. I just don't think he is. And I think he's a good centre half, by the way. I think he's, I think a, he's really a great centre half, but I but agree. He, but 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 there are there are levels. And I just think he's he's a notch or two down from from Virgil. And I think actually, you know, Joe Matter again for me was was excellent. And he won't get the credit that a Virgil will get. And I understand why to some degree. And people aren't watching him as closely. And outside of our fan base, he'll probably never get the credit he deserves. But again, keeping him fit is massively important because he is one hell of an asset. And then you've got the other two. And, you know, again, you know, Joe Gomez recently signed a new deal. We know what his levels look like if you get him at his very, very best. And Canate has been has been has been brilliant, I think, since he came into the club. There's been you know, the odd mistake, but all since I've gonna make mistakes now and again. Um, and I, I do think there's a decent, but they have got a problem there, Neil, because Laporte's out, isn't he, for a while? You know, Stones didn't go. At least to... until mid until September. There's an international break, second half of September. It just more sort of makes me think, well, are we actually talking about October then? Do you know, one of those situations. He's not had a pre-season. I, think, I don't think it is ideal for them. No, Stones didn't go away, did he, on the tour? Um, 
for reasons that we know. So you know, and then I've got they've got Aki in there who nearly left the club. I'm not. I'm not Nathan Aki's biggest fan, to be honest. I don't, I don't think he's a particularly great centre half. I think he's okay. I thought he did well Saturday. I yeah, and he can do a little bit in different positions, can't he? So I understand, um, you know, he's, he's a utility player, but he, he spent big money on him, and I don't think they've got anywhere near the return on Nathan Aki. Um, and I think just because it would have left City with a bit too much to do, I think they would have been happy to see him leave if they'd had the squad numbers in. But I think they're looking at that squad now, and whilst it's full of quality, maybe 1 to 16, 17, 18, there's an argument that actually they need a few more than their numbers-wise going into the new season. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the coming weeks, whether he will do one more big one. I've got a feeling he might do. Um, but no, back to the original points, I wouldn't swap any of ours for theirs. Um, any other business then, really, from the whole thing? Uh, Grace, I thought the keeper did well. Yeah. Uh, I think I think he has hard lines for the goal. I think he's got two hands on it myself, whether it's onside or offside. I, th- I think there's still a weird little VAR thing where it's not very good at looking at two things. It was good at looking at whether or not it was offside, but I, for me, he's got two hands on that ball. Uh, he has hard lines. He should do better with it in the first place, don't get me wrong, but I actually... I like him as a th- for a third choice goalkeeper. I like him a great deal, and he's got a lot of personality. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. Like the fact that he's third choice keeper, I wonder how that actually affects people mentally because you know that you're sat on that bench and your chances of getting a game are quite slim. So I think for Adrian to actually get a game and for him to show us that you know he still has got it in him to make a few crucial saves, and I think that that must be so hard because you sat on the bench thinking I'm not I'm not gonna get a game here. Keller's like come in, he's shown what he's capable of, and he's our second choice keeper and so I think for Adrian it probably was really important for him to get a game but what I was just going to say on the defence is I think when Van Dijk got injured we realised how important it is to have strength in numbers and I'm looking at our defence and and in the past I've been a bit like oh could we be a bit weak at the back do we need some like some more people to bring in there but I think when you look at what we've got like Van Dijk, Matip, Konate then you've got Trent and Robbo firing from all angles Simicus can come in and play a decent game I think we're actually stronger than what we've looked in previous seasons. And for me, I've started a few seasons thinking, oh, are we going to be weak here? What if someone gets injured? But actually, I'm looking at this season thinking, you know what, even if we did have an injury, I think we'd be all right. And that says a lot about where we've come as a football club, I think. It does indeed. And it, I think it's the same, again, with the goalkeeper and the fact that he is third choice. You know, he's, but, he's, but he, he seems so part of it, is what I'd say. The togetherness is massive. It's that. And also... Uh, like uh, your spot on guess what you said about him you know, he's not going to get many games and suddenly he's, he's starting a you know, community shield but he's picked up another trophy and again the, the, the photos of him I was delighted to, he's got the trophy and he's made it he's posting on on, on, on his, his Twitter even though he's their choice he feels as part of that and he, you know you look back at the Super Cup he, you know he's got those two trophies in his hand, and he, he'll always have that. So I think I think he makes some really good saves as well. Nearly, okay, he potentially could do better for the goal. There's, a, there's a, an argument that maybe there was a foul, but he does make, he makes some really good saves as well, which is fantastic. And so. what, what I think is interesting is that there's a couple of times, for instance, where he he, he just kicks the touch, mm. where it's not quite right. He's either trying to play a ball and it's not there, or he just gets rid. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing about this Liverpool team at times, yeah. in that it's just a bit like, well, that's all right. We'll just—he's made a bit of a mistake. Or yeah. Just start again. It's all all right. We just get our shape back. We just start again. You know, potentially, you, you know, so you learn from mistakes. Okay, I know the Atletico game a few years ago when he obviously he, he, he does that poor kick out. But if you think, well, you know, what, I'm going to put it in the stand because I can deal with it from that. I'm fine with that. Can we just say about Van Dijk as well? I hope. Have you seen the video where the ball gets kicked back to the halfway line? Yeah. I mean. I know Mo was great, I know Darwin was great, but can I give him man of the match just for that? <laughs> because to, cause clearly, I, I just loved it, because it, it, although it's only you know the community <laughs> shield, when that ball's coming back and you know, Harlan's going to get it, and he just volleys it into the crowd, but again, the reaction of the City players, they're over to the referee. A few oh, desperate to get him booked, desperate. And, but th- I think there's two go to him, and he just jogged past him, and I hope he says to him, 
what are you going to do? Seriously, <laughs> as you come up to jog to me now, what are you going to do? Because he's massive, isn't he? I saw a man a match for that alone. I showed my little boy it last night and he was made up. He was laughing. He said, why did you do that? I said, just to get under City's skin. So, but, uh, fantastic. Um, other thing with them, uh, Ian, you know, to talk about them and where they are. Tell you what, Kyle Walker's brilliant, and I'd love his legs to go. He's thirty-one now. Like I'm, I'm looking at Kyle Walker. I'm counting the years on him. I'm like, at some point, you can't keep running that fast. It's un, but he's so important to them because he's able to sweep so much up. He's a, he's their best natural defender, I think, by a mile in terms of the way in which he senses danger and the way in which he's able to look after really good footballers. Seems like he's getting faster. Which it's quite, it's frankly, quite upsetting. <laughs> quite frankly, feels unfair. Uh, he's thirty-two, you know. It's Which so he's so he you know he, he he is kind of into those early thirties now, and you're thinking, well, at some point it's, he's got to drop off. But he just seems unbelievably quick every time you watch him. So, you know, I spoke before about you know you wouldn't swap any of ours for theirs, but I'm talking comparatively speaking in terms of their third choice versus our third choice, that kind of thing. Um, and obviously he's, he's first choice for City, and listen, you wouldn't swap anyone for Trent, but he is. He is a guy they rely on massively, I think, certainly in big football matches. You notice the difference. If they take him out, it all of a sudden changes what they can do from an offensive point of view. They don't want to overload. They don't want to push up as much because they haven't got the Kyle Walker pace where they can break glass a little bit and he'll get them back uh, into a position where it all feels okay again. So, yeah, he's a, he's a really, really important footballer for them. And don't get me wrong, he does have those moments where he might just do something a bit silly and push someone over in the box. He has had them through his, you know, his career at times. That's his one. Sort yeah, of, he, he can do a little bit of that. Heel, um, and he's got away with a few as well over the years. But just in terms of that recovery pace, I mean, there's not there's not many better out there. Uh, he hasn't got quite the output that a Trent's got going the other way. But he does join in with the attacks and provide them with a bit, bit, a bit of an outlet. Um, but yeah, really, really good football. And, you know, we mentioned Cancelo before. Despite what Mo does to him at times the weekend, again, he's a really, really high quality fullback and play both sides. Unbelievable when he's got the ball. Yeah, brilliant on the ball. I mean, you see some of the assists that he, he provided last season, which is out of this world. So, you know, we are talking about two unbelievably high quality teams. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting if others, for the teams who are watching that game at the weekend, just what they make of City and Liverpool already before we even started the season. Because, again, we just, for me, look levels above all the competition out there and I know Arsenal are on a good run in pre-season but that's got to translate into league games there's a big difference from battling teams 5 and 6-0 in pre-season and taking that into into league matches and I think they'll do alright this season I think they'll be much better than last season but for me this still looks a massive golfing class there does indeed uh Moving on to the other thing to, to point out, Grace, I think Elliot looks really bright when he comes on as well in terms of any other business. He, I thought he was just constantly alive um, and I think there's a real opportunity for him to, to, to get a, a decent run of a number of games. I don't think he's going to necessarily grab uh, Henderson's shirt for the big matches uh, over the course of the season, but I think there's, there's, there's the opportunity for him to get a lot of time on the pitch, whether it's 30s in some games, 60s in others. I think that right-hand midfield berth could be his. Yeah, definitely. We saw before his injury was so promising and then the injury knocked him back. But I actually think it spared him on to be better because I think he knows what he's capable of and he's got that desire and he will have hated being out when he was, like, starting. So it's one of them where I think he's at it and... He's had this injury, it's pushed him back, but actually it's spared him on to push him He's great further. off the ball, isn't he? That's the big mm. thing for me, and that's why I think he could get that shirt and maybe even get it for big games as well, is he's really good off the he's ball. He's constantly, chase, constantly chasing and he wants to get that ball back if he's lost it. And it's that desire again. I think often these players who, who aren't starting week in, week out, it's that togetherness, as we've mentioned, of they still feel part of it and they know, and every time they come in, regardless of how many games they haven't played, they look like they're a Liverpool player and they're part of this team and they don't look like they've been out for any period of 
time and I think that says so much about how far we've come as a club and the mentality and in the back room to just make everyone feel part of it and it's so prominent to have such young talent who, who look so capable and they just fit right in it's, it's just really exciting Elliot was great against Strasbourg as well certainly the better of the Liverpool players Ian um, but I thought Milner when he comes on in the Community Shield I thought he was excellent uh, I do sort of wonder whether or not whether he likes it or not James Milner He's got a bit of a role uh, as backup right back, at least for the foreseeable future. It looks like that's where the managers used him there a couple of times in pre-season. Other than 45 against Strasbourg, he's not looked at Gomez there at all. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by Milner and he, he plays his part uh, brilliantly over the course of the community shield and then does a massive 90 against Strasbourg. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's no doubt he'll have a, an important role to play. I, th- I do think it'll be more as a, as a substitute and coming on and, and affecting games you know, from that aspect, you know, you don't necessarily want to see him starting too many because of the aging kind of legs. And don't get me wrong, he, he's. I think there's a lot of them doing twenty minutes after Trent's Exa- on seventy. Yeah, to be honest, exactly. and that's what could be in his future. And let's be honest, you know, for the majority of games, Liverpool will be probably home and dry in a lot of those games. You know, the game should be over. Um, certainly against you know certainly the bottom ten and stuff like that. So Milner can come on and he'll never let you down. Very rarely ever let you down. And you know we've still got that aggression to his game. You know you see that towards the end of last season. You've already seen little glimpses of it this season. You know he's the ultimate professional, and you can see why Liverpool have, have gone and done another year with him. Um, but I just think there were signs last season where he was picking up little niggles here and there because you know what is he now 36 so I think that's going to come naturally you know for all his fitness and stuff I think there will be times if you overplay James Milner at the age of 36 he will start to maybe get strains and, and little pulls here and there so again they're going to have to be careful with him but I don't think anyone's sitting here thinking James Milner's the start of Liverpool but what a squad player to have around a place but it's not just that we talked before about the culture within the dressing room setting the tone and all that he's massive that. He's absolutely. Did you see the massive. video of him running in pre-season and he's proper going for it? He's so fast, and I just think that that push everyone else to be like, I want to be as fast as him. I think that I think that's why it's interesting. He does a first stint on Saturday, to be honest with you, Paul, and then does the full hit on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Almost that idea of will he set the standards? He sets the yeah. standards for everyone. But, but I thought him. I thought Elliot did as well. I thought Elliot. Yeah, no, from the minute the team's picked, but from the the first minute of the game, the two of them against Strasbourg, yeah. Community Shield out the way, the two of them looked the uh, an absolute cut above. Yeah, and and like like he said as well, you know, the, the fact that they give him another contract, he's a leader, isn't he? So so for for forget the minutes on the pitch that he plays this season coming up. The, the influence he has in the dressing room is, is, is huge, well, and that's and that's it, it's similar to like you know they've they've they've, they've in plays in the past where they've kept them on because of how good they are with the with the with the squad and that as, as Grace said about you know the 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 whole ethos of the club, um, but I think you know what you're going to get from them as well. There could be even you know, it's always one way. If you know if you if you're two one up with twenty to go, I always like Milner as well because you just think he's going to come on, he's going to use his head, he's going to play with his head, and he's going to go. You know what? I know how to get through this last twenty as well. So so I think he's got that option in him as well. Um, but yeah, yesterday as you say, Neil, it was you know I thought what, what Strasbourg did really well. In fairness, the they, they, they punished our mistakes. You know the the three goals were, were quality. Once they'd obviously you know capitalised on the mistakes of the young lads, and and that that was always you know it can potentially to happen and. And I, you know, um, it was nice to just to get some minutes in, in those boys, and and hopefully they learn from it. But but that was a full strength team really for Strasbourg, wasn't it? So, it really was. The yeah. captain was playing his thirty four. Yeah. He was the yeah. left wing back for yeah. them. The, the the massive lad they had up front. Yes. Uh, good God. Yeah. Uh, I think Canati was a bit like this doesn't happen very yeah, often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could do without this. Yeah. They were a big side, uh, and it was a strong side. It was an experienced side for them, Ian. And you know, it's hard on a couple of youngsters because it was a senior side that they faced. But then 
you know, ultimately no one's writing anyone off here. Certainly the Liverpool manager isn't. He knows what they were coming into. He knows what they were dealing with. There'll just be bits to work on as far as his attitude will be concerned. Yeah, and obviously, you know, there's been a bit of debate about, you know, should they have had the game or not? I'm sure Liverpool had the reasons for putting that game in. And I think in the manager's head, I've seen a lot of people say, well, I would have thought there would have been one or two more experienced players taken to the pitch last night. There probably would have been, but they've had injuries. And I think in the manager's head, People like Shamikas would have got the game last night. Jota or, yeah, or, or, or say Firmino doesn't play the community yeah, shield. You know, so we've, yeah. Curtis Jones would have featured, you know, Keita would have featured. Chamberlain. Yeah, the new lad at fullback would have featured. Um, but they've been forced and they've had to play a couple of kids, probably two or three more than they wanted. And, and, well, both goalkeepers are out. Yeah, mm. exactly, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of them really, you know, consequences have taken over and they've put a bat to play maybe two or three more youngsters than what they had in mind. And, at that level, if you're playing against a team who's going to put the first eleven out, mm-hmm. any little mistakes can get punished. And you know, it was a bit of a shame that he couldn't couldn't get a goal last night. I mean, I didn't go, but you could tell listening through the TV that the crowd was was younger. Uh, you could hear the voices coming through and stuff. So it would have been nice to to grab a goal there. But I, I absolutely take the point about Elliot. And I think if there's one, if there's one who's maybe the manager's looking at ahead of Fulham, it might be someone like an Elliot. Now, don't get me wrong, he may well go with the three you saw against City because there's a bit of a gap until he play Palace. So he has got that to think about. But if he wants someone a little bit more, maybe off the cuff, with a bit more creativity, um, maybe he thinks about actually he could rest one of the one of the other's older heads and play Elliot in that in that midfield because for me he's, he's had a really, really strong preseason. Batchovic looks the part last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he looked again. good uh, again. Um, gets d- does does more than enough in amongst yeah. the game to make you feel as though he could well have a legitimate part to play over the part of the course of the season. This is theoretically the end of preseason. They are playing another behind closed doors game now, which I think yes. is in part to get a couple of the footballers we just mentioned who weren't able to yeah, play this Villa, one. Villa is it? Villa, yeah, yeah, next Sunday. But I expect Batchovic will be involved in that as yeah. well. To me, he, he he is the big winner of this Liverpool preseason. I 100%. think it's fair to say because I think as well, you know, you, you mentioned about the midfield and there was a lot lot spoken about midfield over the summer and and, and if you if you if you write down who, who you've got, he wasn't on the list because I, I, again Neil I or somebody follows the club I didn't know much about the lad and he is absolutely you know it's it, all of a sudden it's like well hang on a minute he, he, you if he, if he if he's in on in a in a game you don't feel like oh well, you know similar to Morton at AC Milan away um, last last year you know obviously it was a bit of a dead rubber he plays Morton Morton does fantastically well well this lad I think can do exactly the same and and if he was to say to a lot of Liverpool fans who've watched the preseason you know who's your, who's your big pluses he's right up there. He really is. It was a shame, Grace, as Ian says, though. You know, there was a lot of a lot of youngsters on the pitch, but there was a lot of youngsters in the ground as well. It was a lovely atmosphere. It was just a shame there wasn't a goal. If there could have just been a goal for everyone to get behind. Yeah, I think they all would have loved to see it, wouldn't they? But that, I think that's what's so important about pre-season is that it's an opportunity for people who don't go to the match week in, week out to actually get to the ground like these young kids who've maybe never been to watch a match at Anfield. Like, my first one was, I think mine was like a some sort of charity game with like all the old players and I got really invested and then I got my season tickets off my granddad the year after so even just a taste of like walking up those steps and seeing what it's like it's it's just it's just completely it's just something that's unheard of but for pre-season it's so nice to be able to get these youngsters in who might not be able to get a ticket week in week out it is. It's nice to have different people in the ground, Ian, and it, it does all have to start somewhere. And I think, you know, when you're talking about reasons to play a game, for instance, the other thing is it also, you know, and 
this can sound to some people this will sound all a bit odd but it also gives everyone who's involved in the stadium a chance to have a practice mm-hmm. before the first game mm-hmm. you know there's the, things will be different there'll be new processes they ran out of coke and coke zero uh, <laughs> where I was something to work on something to consider you know it's all about getting minutes in the legs there, there was, you know, but I think that is that is genuinely an element of it and, and then you can maybe then have a little chat around around price points or something like that but as has been said I think the expectation from a Liverpool point of view was that would have been at least another three or four senior, more senior players involved yeah he'd have wanted to make sure he's getting minutes into all of his players only and I think you know you can have an argument sometimes about actually you know are some of these pre-season games as intense as some of the training sessions that Liverpool put on probably not in some cases and I think City are probably maybe saying similar things which is maybe why they don't have as many as maybe some teams do um, but actually there's also a risk in that because I think City have gone into seasons looking a little bit undercooked in the past certainly the Covid season which they end up winning but actually if Liverpool have put the foot in the throat or were able to at, at one point in that season if it wasn't for the injuries they could have mosted away from City quite easily so I think it just really emphasises how important it is to get a really fast start going into this campaign um, but yeah let's have it right Liverpool will have, will have had a reason there will have been multiple reasons for having that game last night so we can all say oh, didn't feel like there was much point to it but you know, Jürgen's not putting on a friendly for no reason. And he, and he will have a final say on this. So, he obviously, as I say, hands have been tied a little bit um, with one or two injuries. But it's about, sometimes, talent meeting opportunity. And someone like Batisic there has probably put his name in the manager's thoughts. Now, now I'm not saying he's going to be starting games for Liverpool anytime soon because there'll be some growing to do. And with a lot of young players, sometimes you'll see them on the scene and they'll disappear for a little bit and then they'll come back. And that's absolutely fine, by the way. But what he's done so far... He's done absolutely no harm to his future prospects at all by putting on some of the displays he's put on. I'd not really heard of him, similar to you, Jack, until mm. maybe two weeks ago. But then everything you've seen, he looks really composed. He's 17 years of age. Mm. It's unbelievable. He's done, even in pre-season, you know, take out the fact that it's not as competitive and people aren't flying at the tackles as much, although there has been a little bit of that. He just looks like he's got an old head on young shoulders. And as I say, we wait to see what happens with that kid. But promising signs. Mm. Excellent stuff indeed. Thank you very much to Paul, to Ian and to Grace. It was an enormous weekend for women's football in this country. That's right. Liverpool women went to Nottingham Forest. We're going to beat them (laughs) 6-0. In preparation for uh, Liverpool's return to the WSL, in all seriousness, 18 million people watched England uh, win against Germany in the Euro final there yesterday. Um, Leah Williamson said post-match, people should be going to WSL games. Uh, That's the purpose of all of this. If you've enjoyed that, go to that. WSL games will be happening predominantly in Prenton Park this season, but the Merseyside derby against Everton uh, on the 25th of September will happen at Anfield. Right now, you can get your season ticket for Liverpool women. Uh, It is available, uh, and I would heartily recommend taking up the opportunity to do so. LiverpoolFC.com forward slash women hyphen tickets in order to be able to get that one uh, and get yourself down to what will be a fantastic season of WSL football for Liverpool. It's very, very important indeed if your enthusiasm has been stoked that we double down on it and find ways to get people able to watch what is a fantastic women's team who've got to stay in the division this year to build from there and get themselves and their players involved in massive, massive matches too. Excellent stuff. We're all ready. We're all psyched. We're all pumped up. It's a big, big season. It starts here. Liverpool go to Fulham next Saturday. It's a, it's, it's a six-pointer. It's one that matters. It's must-win because that's the way this works now because the two best teams on the planet, the two best football teams you've seen in your whole life are Liverpool and Manchester City and they're going to go at it all over again and we're already 1-0 up. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>